Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Cyber Monday, and you're listening to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another fun-packed edition of You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, a show about little-known music from little-known artists that we feel is as good as, if not phenomenally better, than the music that is out there in the mainstream at the moment. We're going to uncover some hidden gems of music for you this evening, entertain and delight you with them, hopefully. Tonight we are joined by our special guest, Barry from Cyber Monday. Say hello, Barry. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. That's great. And uh, we've also joined us as well by our regular hosts, as always, Rich and Wayne. Hello, Rich and Wayne. Hi. Hello. You all right, Neil? I'm not too bad. How are you, Rich? All right, you had a good week? Been all right. Been on holiday, haven't I? Oh, I could do with a holiday. I really need a holiday about now. I haven't been anyway excited. Just went to Gloucester for a few days. but It's, yeah. it's just a way, isn't it? Yeah, get out of the area for a bit. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, stayed in a little mm. cottage in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's been great. that bad recently. I've been getting up in the morning hoping I might just trip down the stairs and die. It's been, it's been awful. <laughs> Excellent. Still to happen. So, um, for anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast before, what can they expect from tonight's show? Well, as always, we have four rounds. Uh, it, is, it is four rounds now, isn't it? Is it? We've got the head-to-head. We've got the so. we've wild got the card. We have, yeah, it's four rounds. Yeah. Head-to-head, wild card, the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode, go, and our artist spotlight. So, first of all, for the head-to-head uh, challenge, we uh, each of the regular hosts will bring uh, a song from our many submissions, which we'll pit head-to-head against each other, with our guest, Barry, from Cyber Monday, choosing his, uh, his favourite. So, that could be interesting. Uh, scores at the moment, uh, Rich is on eight, I believe. Wayne is on four. Four. And I'm trailing behind... So moving swiftly along, we then have the wildcard section where we pick a random song from the submissions that we've been sent. And pray to God, it's good. Actually, I, I, I like it when they turn out to be crap. It's, um, it's happened once it's and we won't have it again. It, it, it really throws, uh, throws Rich, Rich and Wayne off, which is funny. It's not because we have nothing to say about the song. I've not had to deal with a, a crap wildcard yet, but yeah, apparently it's awkward. So, Fortunately, uh, all the awkwardness and everything that, that that seems out of place, we can edit out. Yes, this is true. This is why we don't do live radio. We then have our, inte- our intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go, where uh, last week Rich was challenged by Rooks to bring the genre of rare groove. Yeah, I was, yeah. What song do you bring in for your rare groove, Rich? Uh, the song I brought for my rare groove is the guy's middle blue. And the song is One Half of One Guitar. One Half um, of One Guitar. Yeah, uh, I was meant to have an interview with him yesterday. 
on Sunday. Only I didn't, because um, I got caught up in other shit. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to play that interview because it didn't happen. But I'll give that's a good excuse, really, though, isn't it? And I, can't I mean, that's excuses go. That's one. That's I one of the best. I wanted to interview him because I can't really find much. I'm, I'm sure Wayne's got some information. No, I'm thinking specifically the whole. We can't play that interview because it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't you can't get any more blatant than that, can you? No. It doesn't exist. But speaking of interviews that will happen, we've then got our artist spotlight, where we'll be hearing uh, from Barry about what he's up to or, or not up to in lockdown, or has been up, been up to up until, until the point where we were locked down. He's done this um, before, by the sounds of it, because he's got that mute thing down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so moving swiftly, swiftly along, uh, first round, uh, head-to-head. Head to head. Well, that's quite boring. I'm not so sure about that, Wayne, because you can't put you can't put all the distortion and echo over me now because I'm already in the mix. Of course, I can. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm going to set the track on. It's fine. Oh. Yeah, Wayne knows what, what he's doing. Just, just, just leave all that to him. So, Wayne won our head-to-head last week with Erotic Secrets of Pompeii. What a name. Uh, well, a brilliant name for a band. So you get to go first this week, Wayne. Uh, what musical delight are you bringing for us? Well, why, thank you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll should we bring in a band called Circle of Reason and their song, In Other Words. Enjoy. <laughs>
So that was Circle of Reason with their song, In Other Words. This is from the Faith or Theory EP. These guys formed in 2011 in the Southwest. The quartet have paved their own way as a formidable DIY and independently releasing outfit, moulding a myriad of influences from hard rock, prog metal, old rock genres into their own unique product. Let's start by saying this is Wayne Music. Yeah, well, you said this before you even came on. This this is Wayne Music. This This is what, you know, when you... Pigeonhole me and say this is Wayne Music. It's not. This is what Wayne Music is. You know, it's got everything that I love about alt rock and metal, and you know the sort of alt metal scene. Even you know these guys are pulling on bands like Thrice and Killswitch Engage with all the the structure, the uses of harm, um, harmonics and the octaves and all that sort of stuff. It's fantastic. This is probably the least. You just sound a load of musical shit and hoping that it lands in the right place. That's what he normally does. (laughs) I mean, the the thing I love about this song, I think it's got a really great structure. It sort of builds and builds and builds, and then you keep getting those false falls before you get to the distortion towards the end of the song. And then you get what I like to refer to as the circle riff, which is sort of where all the instruments just hit the note at the same time. And it feels like it's a bounce almost on on the instruments. I absolutely love it. Listen to these guys for a while. Really enjoy their stuff. They're not. They not. They haven't got much of a presence really anywhere. To be honest, they are. They are active gigging and well, we're actively gigging. And before lockdown, well, it's difficult to find anything much more about them other than their sort of Spotify press release and a bit on on Facebook. But yeah, absolutely love this. Love love the EP as well. One of my favourites of the year, I think. To be honest, I think it was from last year, but I found it this year. Absolutely love it. So yeah, circular reason in other words. Uh, let's start with Barry. Yeah, I uh, love this track actually. I, when you write what you said about it being put really well together and structured, because that's exactly what it was. And to begin with, because it's not my typical genre, I thought, mm, okay. But then as the song went on, it became a lot more interesting for me, um, and it reminded me a bit of, of like the bands like Linkin Park and stuff. But yeah, I thought this track was really good, and the vocalist was excellent. Mm. Yeah, he's got a he's got a really strange way of. When the first time I heard this song, and it's the um, the line about um, this line exactly, the way that's worded really didn't work for me at first. And then what's a couple what's of listens the in, way? it's the temperature here is making my eyes swell. Uh. And it didn't really work for me, and I was thinking it could work that different. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, no, actually, it really, really works for me. It's just, it's the way, the cadence of his voice and the way it comes through on the song. It just, it's just well, well proportioned and well put in there. Mm. Rich? Um... Is Wayne music? Uh, it's it's my preferred preferred end of the the scale of Wayne music. I did I did enjoy this a bit. Uh, was even Thursday in there? Um, well, yeah, it's Wayne yeah. music. What, what more do you need? Yeah, no, but this is le- it's it's le- less towards the end of this is less towards the end of American kiddie pop kiddie pop punk. This is a bit more serious, a bit more dark. It was uh, after. Was it Tom DeLong left? Left what? What's it called? What? I don't know what you're bringing. He created up his own. He created his own thing. He created his own thing. What was that called? Uh, Angels and Airwaves. <laughs> was it Angels and Airwaves? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going a bit of that. This, bit, this is a bit darker. It's a bit darker this than what you usually usually go for. Um, it's okay for, for me personally. It's, it's okay. I enjoyed it a bit more than usual. It's, it's definitely Wayne music. I, I, I brought this track really because we've neglected the sort of heavier end of metal and, and rock like this the, the alternative 
heavier in. So I thought, well, I think I've brought any for like near enough for season and a half now. And I just thought, yeah, it's time to bring something, you know, halfway through season three. It's time, it's time to go back to my roots, as it were. Neil? This is an interesting one for me, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of gutting for me that you've got first, because... Uh, this would have flowed a lot better uh, as the third song for me because, uh, well, we'll get to hear the other two in a minute, but compared to the other two, this is very ordinary. It's very normal. <laughs> um, and, and the first time I heard it, I, I kind of, I found it boring. I found it a bit kind of um, just generic. You know, I kind of, I was comparing it first time I heard it to, you know, a lot of the sort of pop rock stuff that's out today, maybe... Imagine Dragons, Fallout Boy, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, that was my first impression of it, but I listened to it more. And every time I heard it, I got some more depth from it, to the point where it, it, it's it's incredibly well-produced, it's incredibly well-structured, as we've, we've said before. That's I, I really negative, what I said before. It's like that, that was... The point is, that was my first impression of the song, but on repeat listens, it really grew on me. I was getting a lot of... Um, you definitely get the metal thing. I, I was saying to Rich earlier, but I was getting like a sort of a, a lighter version of System of a Down, particularly in, in the rhythms. It was a kind of like, you know, it starts off with like a very dark sort of ambient sound and um, and then, that, you know, the kind of, there's a sort of slightly syncopated rhythm. I and mean, I thought that was a bit a System of a Down-ish. And his, his vocal as well reminded me a bit of Serge Tankian in places. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with this. It's it's just very well structured and yeah, just a, a brilliant song, really. Um, actually, I need to listen to it back. But now you mentioned rhythm, I think it was using the polyrhythm in in the, the drummer was. I'm not sure. I need to listen mm. to that again. I might be wrong. There was definitely something interesting going on that set it apart from. It's like my first listen, it sounded generic, but the the more I listened to it, the more the more I realised he got he got a bit more going it for was, it. For, for me, it was missing a hook. For a song to do, for most songs to do well, most people aren't going to listen to a song once; they won't listen to it again. For a song to do well, for people to pick up, it needs a hook. There was no hook in this for me. There was nothing there. It was a good song. It was a nice song. It was well put together, well structured. But there was no hook to draw you I, into. I'd agree with you to a point, Rich. I think that the hook is there, but you have to go out and find it, which kind of defeats the object yeah. of the hook. It's not. Yeah, it's a really, it's a, that's, a, that's some really shit fishing going on there, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I liked it. So, are we done with uh, with Wayne? We're spent. Unless anybody else has anything to say. No, all good. Excellent. Do you want to go next, Rich? I don't mind. We're going to go next then with me, my song. Oh, what was it called? Oh, yeah, the Lepidian by John Mouse. Is it Mouse? It's Mouse, isn't it? With a with a capital O. M M O U. I don't know. It's John Mouse. On awaking, on seeing through my daily routine, the morning activities, I left my flat and discovered in the hallway a pigeon. A pigeon. A pigeon. Well, needless to say, in my 43 years of existing on this planet, never before have I been faced with such an incident, a trauma. It glared at me, I cocked his head to one side, beady lashes, eyes, deviously lifeless, a lens into my soul. As I froze, it moved, shifting its weight from one foot to another. 
that was enough for me And I leap back into my room away From the pigeon The pigeon The pigeon The pigeon Should I kill it? I can't kill a fly I needed a pee But I couldn't go to the communal toilet But I knew I'd have to leave the flat So I looked at the window Packed my suitcase Knowing I could never return Threw it out and went after it And at work As a security guard I could no longer be The pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon, the pigeon. And I got an itch. I couldn't stop but scratch it. So that was John Mouse with his song, Le Pigeon. A bit about him, Wayne told me to go to Spotify and read it out because he has a short bio Excuse me. John Mouse, it is Mouse, it's got capital O, capital M, capital O, USE. Not John Mouse, John Mouse, not John Mouse, M-A-U-S, okay. Or the reggae John Mouse. Is a left of centre, left of centre artist from Cardiff. Okay, this is a weird bio. This collaborations with Sweet Babu, Prince Edward Island, Loss, Cam, those people, and TV's Steve Jones have littered his six studio albums, all of which have received critical praise and garnered airplay and support from Steve Lamac, Tom Robinson, Hugh Stevens. Gideon Co, Chris Hawkins and Stuart McConney on BBC Radio 6 Music. Marconi. Marco, that was the one. Marco, I should have known that. 28 musicians, both live and in studio, have worked with John Mouse, reflecting the forever changing sounds and styles and progressive nature of each John Mouse live show and release. Mm, doesn't really say much, really. It's a, the bloke's just a fucking nutter, isn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's music isn't yeah it's music's not funny well it is funny but is it is it more would you say it's more satirical it's insane it's not meant yes, it's psychotic not, it's not it's not laugh out then the did laugh out loud I I did but it's also done in such a way that you actually get yourself drawn into the story you feel like it's real you know? surreal is probably the word you're looking for is surreal it's, I like that this is this is the Salvador Dali of music the pigeon yeah it's just so out there and it just comes so yeah I, I don't know what to say I honestly don't know what to say is music it's, it's obviously very synth based and it's I don't yeah what's all that about you hate synth I don't hate synth. I, I like synth when it's done properly. I like this. He's, he's, he's just 
I've never had that. It's so fucking random. Some takeover, I don't know what to say, and I've chose this. <laughs> I've chose. I love it so much. I don't know what to say about it. I've had, you, you love it, but you don't know I'm why. Pissed off that it wasn't on Spotify for me to stick on my playlist. It was just. I actually it got caught now. up in the story. It is the, the music is quite. Um, it's done in a way where it, it actually draws you in, even though it's not serious. It draws you in, and it, it's kind of like serious but not serious, and it's just fucking mental. Somewhere, Neil, is everybody gone? Everybody's gone. No, no, I'm there. I'm there. Neil, take over. Well, what did you think? What did I think? Yeah, it's it's definitely surreal and mental. So, so true story. Uh, Rich messaged us and uh, me and Wayne and said, uh, "I've got this song that I I, I want to um, I want to bring as my head to head because I, I love it, but I don't know why I love it, which is pretty much what he's just said. And I think I'm going to lose. I, I don't know whether to like sort of go with my sort of uh, professional integrity and bring it because I love it, or whether I I, I need to be more tactical and uh, you know it's, I know I'm going to lose, but I, I, I want to bring it. So I listened to it. After one listen, I said, "If you don't bring that, I fucking know. I I loved it. It's the first time in all the time we've ever been doing this podcast. I've come across a piece of music that's stumped me. I mean, he's obviously... I just thought it was just everything about it. it was just absolutely brilliant. I get what you're saying, Rich. I got really invested in the story. You know, I'm like, I'm willing this guy to... Silly story. Well, yeah, there's a pigeon in his flat, and he, he, he debates with himself about whether he should kill it or not, and then he, he, can't, he can't kill it. He has to quit his job because of the pigeon. <laughs> he, the can't, pigeon. He, can't, he can't go to the communal toilet. So, <laughs> so he has to piss in the sink. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just, it's just so. <laughs> it's so mental. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I loved it. But musically, it's got like a real. It's got. Well, you know, we're talking about hooks with Wayne's song. It's got a real hook to it, and you find yeah. that that little. It gets stuck in your head all day, and you find yourself humming it when you don't want to. Yeah, it's like something from Chucky Egg, the game. Yeah. Spectrum or something. But then. He's obviously very clever, he's very talented. I thought it got a bit of a. Um, it reminded me uh, a little bit of Park Life, which is which is a classic of the nineties. You know, it's the whole sort of spoken chorus thing, and then uh, you know into into a sort of I wouldn't say anthemic chorus, which you know obviously Park Life had, but it it, it, it kind of had. Um, I mean, it, it's it, quite the parallel opposite of your song. Your song that you're going to bring, not to say too much, but yours is kind of like philo- philosophical. It's it's deep. This well, is like I'm gonna I'm just gonna do some music and tell a funny story over the top of it it's that, that, that's the thing it's like the actual approach to, to the songs and we'll get on to mine in a minute is very similar but the delivery is so different <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why when I heard Wayne's I just thought oh he's a normal song Barry <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah it's very repetitive um, very addictive um, but I'm not a fan of spoken words so I did struggle with it a little bit I just felt that I would have loved oh, loads of <laughs> I <would've laughs> <laughs> I would have loved um, loads of like distortion and reverb and delay on when he just shouts the chorus, Le Pigeon. I just felt we needed like he a wasn't gramophone angry doing enough. that. No, exactly for me. I, I just felt it, it, it would if it got progressively more angry towards yeah, the end. Yeah, I mean I this pigeon's pretty much destroyed his life. It should have been at the end. Fuck you, pigeon! Fuck you, pigeon! Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it, 
I yeah. still like it. Oh, I thought it was a really good song. And uh, it reminds me of a band that I listen to called The Rude Awakening. And uh, you know I don't like to swear, Rich, as you know, but there's, <laughs> there's a track called F Puppet, and uh, it was quite similar to that. And, and yet you're right about these songs. that They're really unique, and there's just something about them that's just really addictive. And, you know, as you say, you wake up in the morning, and you've got it in your head. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> the rest of his album is just as quirky and just as good. I mean, if you, if you like it... You'll like the rest of the album. It is good music. It's it's good music. Um, it, it's it's good. It's good. Uh, I don't want to say it's technically brilliant, but it is good to listen to. Yeah, Wayne. And um, the album's called The Goat, by the way. Yes. Just, oh, sorry. Did uh, I not goat. mention that? My bad. Yeah, The Goat. Yeah. I mean, this is great, and there's no other way to to describe this. It is great. For me, it's, it he perfectly surmises this existential dread that we all feel. Well, I was pigeon in our flat. Yeah, exactly, especially <laughs> concerning the confrontation of a pigeon. Um, I especially love the second chorus. You know, you get the whole first chorus where he's saying, I'm just getting ready to go out and I'll get confronted by this pigeon, the pigeon. And then the second one where he describes this pigeon in all this menacing glory, <laughs> where it shifts its weight from one foot to the other and cocks its head and, you know, and does all these things, what a pigeon does. And I was, I was meant to, tonight, before coming on air, look up what... Um, an irrational fear of pigeons are called, but I, I, I forgot to do it. But yeah, it's just fucking so out there and brilliant. And it made me laugh every time I've listened to it. And it puts a smile on your face because it's so... It's it's finding existential terror in... And, and esoteric terror um, in something really mundane, like a pigeon getting trapped in a, really in a funny. hallway. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. I played this for a security and... job anymore because of the pigeon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. just everything about it. You know, like, I can't even leave the house. I've got to... I'll pack my bags. I'm going out the window. That's how I'm going to escape him. It's like, the I'm going to be... Think about his job. The reason he had to quit his job, it wasn't so much directly related to the pigeon. I think it's more the fact that he failed to confront the pigeon. Yeah. Made him feel inadequate <laughs> as a security guard. I can't believe we've had this longer conversation about something, to be honest. Uh, it's I, deep. I played, it's got depth to it. I played this song for Emma and she instantly um, downloaded his album because this is right of her street. It, it puts me in mind of uh, somebody Emma introduced me to. She's uh, a guy called John Shuttleworth, if you know who that is. Yeah. You've mentioned no. him before, I think. Yeah, he's got some really, really quirky songs, including one where he has a whole meltdown because he eats shepherd's pie and he watches his daughters leave hers and then he says, are you going to eat it? And she says, yeah, I'm going to eat it. So he says, all right, I'll have my pudding. And then they bring the pudding out and his, stepdaughter, his daughter says, I don't want it now. And he's like, I'd have ate that. I'd have fucking ate that. You've left it. I'm going to fucking eat it now. I've ate my pudding. What the fuck? I'm so going to check you out. Yeah, his, his, his songs are fucking brilliant. He's, he, yeah. <laughs> He's been around a long time as well. And what I will say about this, the thing where him, um, where John Mouse and... Is it John Mouse? Yeah, just John Mouse. John Mouse, and John, just, and, John, John Mouse yeah, just with the capital And John Shuttleworth sort of cross... Not cross the line, but sort of where they sit together. is They have a punk ethos to them, both of them. It, the music and their philosophy feels quite punk. It feels, you know, anti-mainstream. That sort of. I can't of imagine John Lennon sk- uh, shitting his pants over a pigeon and leaving. Leaving. I, I'm flat. not talking about, you know, that. I'm talking about the way that these people are completely avoiding the mainstream. You know, oh, you'll yeah. never hear this on anything, you know, on any mainstream um, radio, even though they should because they're fucking brilliant. But you never hear this on Capital or anything like that, will you? You know, and uh, I love it even more for that reason. It's brilliant. Yeah, we spent 
I think we're spent. I think so. Should we move on to me then? Yeah. Right, so I have bought the band Scotland in the 80s with their song, The Sound of One Man Walking. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy. <laughs> Perambulator. Everything must have a name, and it fits, I can't deny it. But each new dawn finds me trudging the cobbles, working the streams and pools. Nothing makes sense without movement. I'm cast and reconstructed in every hard-won step. My glorified walking stick beats the path as my feet, with no past or future, escape me. This story, before it was mine, was somebody else's. Weaver and woven, seer and seen, I'm bound to follow my shadow. I was born here, so they tell me, in Kalio, Helsinki, Finland, on the 60th parallel. This corner of the map is my world, and I rarely stray from the sound of the old church bell. To live a whole life on the same patch of earth is a rare thing indeed these days, but I wouldn't know another way. I can't abandon my people when they need me most. Soul pools would form to such an extent that this land would be energetic quicksand. These are the in-between times. Summer gone and winter in the making, and the geese are feeding to leave. They start to appear at the end of August, their vast numbers swelling with their bellies. Great chevrons split the vacant sky until one day they're gone with an absence so sudden it echoes. Many here would join them to avoid the murderous winter, but those who flee will only land elsewhere. The cold days will come and pair everything back to the bone erasing any meaningful line between rest, sleep, and death. The snow they call a blanket is a shroud. The bitter sun rises like an ancient grudge, cradling its ghost like a newborn bound to die. It's too long to speak of as a single season, and we all lose all sense of direction as we spiral down through winters held within winters. Some years waxwings appear in the autumn and strip the ruins bare, foretelling heavy snow. I've no time for superstition, but watching them feed, I'm loath to disagree. People assume that working with energies allows me to predict the weather or change the way the wind is blowing. Kids in the park stop and stare when they see me coming. I hear their silent chant. Perambulator, sun out later, then again, maybe rain. It's only a children's rhyme, but adults have their own versions too. Nobody will face the truth, and nobody wants to know what I'm doing. As long as the toilet flushes, who cares about the workers in the sewers? If I retire tomorrow, the long-term forecast would be grim, to say the least. Nothing worthwhile would survive. 
The corrosive power of abandoned soul pools would overwhelm the parish in total energetic collapse. This is true even in the best of times, but in these dark days we're living in like nothing I've seen before. A terrible din has infected the root harmonic and I worry about the future. This year's summer will be remembered as one of the worst, yet nothing will be done to clean up those stagnant pools that absorb so much light and heat. Disaster is looming and nobody seems to care. No morning has broken me yet, and every dawn without fail, I force myself into the world. Soul loss never freezes, even in the dark heart of winter when it's harder to move, but easier to beat the sun. Pain is a burning filament that binds me and lets me shine. I drag my body behind me, ignoring its self-righteous protest and mindless chatter. I rise like fermenting dough, summoned by the pull of the tide. My days are long, but like rust, I never sleep. The best time to work is the dead of night when everyone else is asleep. The streets are laid bare and I perambulate, the pigeons my only companions. They could migrate south with other birds, but they stay here all year round. That's the price we pay. I tell the energetic soil, ground locked and ring fenced by gravity, while they walk the open skies. As above, so below, and so on. We deal with the same raw material, born of the same traditions. I look up and watch them wheel, tasting the air as it lifts my broken wings. Here on the ground, soul loss sometimes manifests as heat or bitter chills, clashing colours or jarring antagonistic tones, but generally as streams of ghostly water. Sometimes the poisonous blush of its mood is enough to bring on a fit. It pours through the streets, seeping from us all like anxious sweat. I perambulate these streams and the hollows where they gather. To rest is to invite disaster, to fail to move is to die. A day off is out of the question. In unlocked pools, the soul loss starts to separate, the heavy mass congealing as its resonation slows, sinking down into the ground. This is what does the most damage. Soul loss on the surface is active and much more benign. It lifts up into the atmosphere where it's funneled into airborne streams. That's where the birds come in. They perambulate soul loss as they move across the sky so it won't eddy back down to earth. Without pigeons, we'd never survive. Summer days are better for birds and the difference is clear to see. In winter, we're much more lethargic our minds top heavy with unconscious weight. We teeter and often fall over. Geese are all around us, then they're gone. The silence in their wake is the sound of one man walking and my love of empty skies is entirely at odds with their meaning. There's nothing to do but work harder and wait for the wheel to turn. The geese will return when the spring cracks the ice and cold fruit starts to push through. 
sun will rise and I'll watch the flycatcher fly back and forth, a pendulum swinging in time itself between two branches of the same ancient tree. So that was Scotland in the 80s with The Sound of One Man Walking. It is from their album The Dreary Heather Club, which is one of the best albums I've heard in ages. I was uh, It's very rare with these submissions that I actually listen to an entire album, but I, I just got drawn in by this. This is... You know, kind of mainly a spoken word track with a bit of a bit of music underneath it. This is the only song like that on the album. The rest are kind of more, um, well, the, the, the rest are very shoegazy and um, a bit Pink Floydish, really. I mean, I was, I was I was really torn because part of me wanted to bring some of the other songs, but I just something about this just um, this track just gripped me. It's the words and the, the way they're delivered. I find it very hypnotic. I find myself listening to it all the time while I'm while I'm working and I find it, you know, it's very very useful and very therapeutic for particularly when I've got like boring reports to file and things like that and oh. I just stick this on in the background and it's very soothing and calming yes yeah, so, so, some of the, the lyrics in it are just brilliant I mean it sort of tells the story of um what I gather, this this guy who basically, he just walks. I mean, it starts off with, I am the uh, perambulator, and I, I had to look up what that word meant. Apparently, there's two meanings. Uh, one is a, a pram, as in something you push a baby. So I'm guessing it's not that one. And the other the other, the other meaning is uh, somebody who walks for pleasure. So so basically, it's just somebody who goes for a walk every day, but he kind of, he attributes what he's doing. Yeah, a rambler, a hiker. But he attributes what he's doing to some, some great importance. It's basically saving Finland. It's set in, in Helsinki. And he kind of like, by walking, by perambulating, he's kind of warding off some ecological disaster that nobody else can see apart from him. I mentioned soap, salt pools, and I actually googled that um, to see if there was a particular problem in Helsinki with salt, salt formations, and I couldn't really find anything other than salt water can be corrosive. So I, 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 don't <laughs> know. I honest to God, didn't think the song could be any more boring, but yeah, congratulations, uh, it just made it more uh, boring for me. There's a, uh, you know, it, it just kind of uh, it intrigued me, because I sort of put myself in this guy's guy's shoes, literally, you know, kind of walking. And I, I thought, well, what's his deal? Is he really this underappreciated eco-warrior who's saving the world, or is it all in his head? You know, and there's a lot of parallels then to, I'm not a climate change denier, I, you know, I totally believe in looking after the environment and all the rest of it. Sometimes some of these extremist groups, you know, you sort of question, you question some of what's being said. You know, it's, it's very topical from that point of view, you know, is, is it in his head, what, what's going on, or is he really un- underappreciated? There's some absolutely brilliant lines in it, and a couple that I, I love. This story before it was mine was someone else's he describes the migration of geese uh, until one day they're gone with an absence so sudden it echoes sounds like david Icke to me the bitter sunrise is like an ancient grudge cradling its ghost like a newborn bound to die it's just it's so descriptive there's a bit where he talks about the uh, you know what he, what he's doing and about how kind of people people want him to do it but they don't really appreciate what he's doing he says as long as their toilet flushes who cares about the workers in the sewers and i think that's it really you know i mean we, we don't care about um particularly with the um global uh, pandemic at the moment you know it's it, it's interesting that people who are considered key workers you know you people who work in supermarkets you, you know you 
people who uh, you po- uh, people who deliver your posts. They're people who would be overlooked most of the time. The whole pandemic thing has sort of pushed them to the forefront. Every dawn without fail, I force myself into the world. To fail to move is to die. Um, yeah, so um, just a bit about Scotland in the 80s. Um, this is what they, they, they said uh, where they, they've... Uh, in their email to us. We're, we're Scotland in the 80s, an alternative pop group from Newborough in Fife. Scotland, Scotland's second favourite Newborough and the third one worldwide. Mike is the vocalist and guitarist. Andy is the everything elseist. The song, uh, this, this album, The Dreary Hair of the Club, was written and recorded in May 2020 using, a laughably, using laughably inadequate equipment. Initially, it was a fun project to pass some lockdown time. But we got more and more sucked in and are very proud of the results. We roped in some friends from around the world to chip in and flesh things out. The results are a sort of pocket-sized, psychedelic world of slow, sad pop songs and sound collage stuff, which, yeah, I'd agree with that, listen to the album. Uh, We were pals as young teens, but went our separate ways after secondary school. Mike played in a number of rock bands with varying degrees of extremely nominal success, while Andy became a beard-stroking, tweed-jacketed academic. Scotland in the 80s came about a few weeks ago when Mike made the bizarre decision to move back to Scotland in the middle of a global pandemic after eight years in Helsinki, Finland. Response to the album has been good. IsThisMusic.com called it a lo-fi gem. Fish Trail said, sounding good. And Paul Drapper, in brackets Manson, acknowledges our existence. On the other hand, my mum wasn't sure about it and my dad can't even look at me, so swings and roundabouts. So yeah, that's uh, Scotland in the 80s. Has that's Wayne gone? He sounded very distant then when he was laughing. I, I think I, I think I managed to bore him to death. <laughs> I'm here. Um, go on then, Rich. Rip it to pieces. I'm not going to rip it to pieces. It's 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 not bad, is it? It's you know, it's a nice piece of music. It's very lulling. I think I I have been listening. I listen to music when I'm on the go, so I'm listening to this, and by a quarter of the way through, say about a third of the way through. I just switch off and it becomes background for me. That's not a bad thing. It's good background. I enjoy it. You know, it's, I, I, I think I need to sit down like I am now with it and absorb it like, like you have. But it's not something I can just stick on my, my regular listening playlist for when I'm out and about because it's not something... This is something that needs to be appreciated. It's something that needs to you need to sit down with and take some time with. I I, I haven't been able to do that with this song yet. I mean, I, I think from, I, um, I, I might. Referring back to Ronaldo Moya last week, I think I think me and you listen to music in very different ways. Um, no, I do, I do listen to music like that, but I don't get enough chance to. So this week I haven't had a chance to do that. Some weeks I will sit down and listen to submissions, and I'll just relax with music but I haven't had that chance this time so if, if I had done it that way I might have had a different outlook on the song yeah it's it's very Baz Lern Baz Lernamish uh, that's a good analogy yeah Wayne, Wayne what, what, what do you think Let, let's start with the bone I want to I pick a bone right on episode 11 when I brought my octopus mind I, I'm quoting here Neil said after 30 seconds of this song I thought Wayne's brought another pretentious long <laughs> Boring instrumental. <laughs> so for the third week running, sorry, for the second week running, he's brought a song that is over six minutes long. In fact, you've brought three in the last two weeks. He has in the last two episodes. I yeah, just want to. This is eight and a half, there. I think. Eight, eight yeah, and the, the song you brought last week was twelve minutes, and the the yeah. um, 
the intense hardcore you brought last week was eight and a half. So you brought near enough 28, 29 minutes of music in the last two episodes. So I just want to state that. My six minutes compared to yours is nothing. I, this is such a strange song because I really didn't like it the first time I heard it. And I think it's just because it took me off guard. Completely took me off guard. So I was expecting something completely different. And then you get this whole, you know, philosophical... You've really got to concentrate on what he's saying because it's a spoken word poem. Not in the vein of like um, Kate Tempest or anything like that. It's quite abstract. And you've got to sort of, yeah, you've got to sort of stick with it and and really flush it out. And to be honest with you, I don't really get it, uh, all of it or most of it. I think it's really good. And like you say, Neil, some of the lines in it are really, really well done. And, and they really they provoke images, and I'm all I'm all about you know anything that can give you any like a cinematic view or anything like that. Is... I'm not sure what the song's about. You know, it meanders all over the place, and I mean it makes more sense now. You've told me what it's about, Neil. But if you're listening to it straight off the bat, you're not really going to get it. You know, I've got it straight. I've got it straight away. I think there's a, there's a, there's a, if you're going to do something like this, you need to do it absolutely right in order for people to absolutely love it. Like I mentioned, Baz Learning with his son, uh, with sunscreen. Uh, what was it? Uh, the something of '69, the um, graduation of '69, something like that. That's a good example of someone doing it right. Listener, when I brought Listener the other week uh, with Titans of Doom, that was the same kind of thing. Somebody doing this, it, you, I. I think most people, it's like, especially our listeners who, most people probably listen to this podcast on the tube and have switched off halfway through the song. Uh, it, 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 I, I, I don't think it's the song. I think it's me. I haven't sat enough time with it and give it, like yourself, I haven't sat and given it enough time. It is a concentration song. It is not I something you can put on in the car. That's, that's you know, part of the thing. It's, I think I heard it at the perfect time. It was half past ten of a night. I'd had a really rough day at work and I was still, I was still working. And I was like, God, I want to listen to some music in the background. I'll stick, and I stuck these guys' album on. I just, I just pulled it randomly out of our, our thing. He just connected with me at that moment. I think, I think that's, that's what it was. See, I, I didn't like it at first. I think it's really good now. There's, there's, you know, it's it's melancholic, but not in a down melancholic way. You know, and I feel that it's, it's sort of, it's got this lament about modern life. You know, it's just lamenting about something. I mean, obviously, it's not that, but that's what it sort of come across to me. No, I think, I think that is. That there is a lot of that. It's it, it's a whole. Yeah. You know, this, per- this guy. I think the song's very personal, isn't it? And some this, people might not get it because they don't know him. This guy feels unappreciated, but then you kind of question. You listen to it as an outsider. You listen to his story, and you think, well. Is he just a nutter? Should he be unappreciated? Is you know he kind of thinks he's saving Sorry. the world by going for a walk? <laughs> you know, and, uh, the funny, yeah, funny thing is, Richard just played the pigeon, and he mentions <laughs> pigeons in this song, but he's completely the opposite way. Yeah. It's, he's got a love and admiration for pigeons. Yeah, the pigeons um, are saving the world alongside him. They're perambulating yeah. the skies while he perambulates the fucking beaked bastards. I've, I've listened to this a fair few times now and I'm struggling and struggling. What the fuck does the guitar sound like? What is it? What is it? And it came to me today. It, it's got. It's not exactly the same, but it reminds me of the tremolo guitar from the Twin Peaks. Um, yes. Theme. Yeah. It, it, and there's a couple of notes in there which sort of really skirt the edge of it. And mm. yeah, I, I mean, I love the Twin Peaks theme. So yeah, you guess my vote for that. We've left nothing. So we've covered everything. Barry's got nothing to say. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Um, so yeah, I've got the same opinion as, as Rich and Wayne. I didn't give it the chance it deserved because um, I'm always on the go and I never really reflect and chill to things. Um, and I think the track's perfect for that. Um, 
I think it would be really good on vinyl because it's so mm. lo-fi and, and Celtic. And I, I just think it, it's perfect for vinyl because that, that's the reason to really kind of chill to music. Do you listen yeah, to gla- vinyl much? Glass of whiskey or cigar? I do, yeah. Oh, see, that's something I need to do. I need to get it's myself great. a turntable, I think. It is brilliant. Mm. Only about the last three years, though, to be fair. Oh, no, four years, yeah. Mm, I've, I've been thinking about it recently, within the past few months, I've been thinking like, I need to start collecting some vinyl, get some um, get some records and stuff. But, uh, and you appreciate music even more then, because you're so limited to, like a cassette, you know, you're just so limited to what you can listen to, and, oh, I've got to turn it over again. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's something and you're forced like to listen to the album in... Yeah, you're forced to listen to it in its entirety then, as, as an album, rather That's than... That's what people don't do song. anymore. It's like, no. we, we'll put your music on our, on our Spotify playlist, and some people might like that song, a lot of people mm-hmm. will probably like the song, but they, won't go, they still won't go out the way to check out the artist. They'll just save that playlist. Exactly, yeah, it's my... Big bug bear at the minute. I'm guessing that's that. why you asked the question uh, for Neil Taylor about how the recording industry has changed. Yeah. It's and so disposable now, and that's the problem. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, disposable. It is, yeah. It's worthless, almost, the way it's going. I'm, so. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, because I'm a big advocate of blockchain technology, I'm hoping that there's going to be a way of making, like, a some sort of non-fungible way of making music so people have to still purchase, uh, start purchasing it again and putting yeah. Spotify in places like that out of business because they take the piss out of all the artists. And that's why I love anyway, Bandcamp as Scotland well. Scotland in the 80s. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my uh, answer. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Fuck you, Wayne, I was having a chat. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the all-important verdict then. Um... Who, who is your head-to-head winner this week, Barry? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm swayed, that's the problem. <laughs> because when I first heard Le Pigeon, I thought, this is it. I don't need to listen to any other options, <laughs> because this is the winner. <laughs> and then, since the, you know, since listening to the others, I was like, no, it's, it's in other words, circle of reason, definitely. Because um, I just think it's so well-structured, it's brilliant. But now I've gone back to Le Pigeon again. I'm, I'm sorry, Wayne. That's all right. <laughs> It's a worthy, yeah, a worthy winner, I think. This is, it was kind of tactical on my, my, my point, because I wanted to bring the song, and like you said, I wanted to be tactical as well. And how can I be tactical with, with a song like that? And I know that Barry's a big advocate of synth and synth music and that style of music. And although it's a million miles away from what you do, it, you're the closest I'm going to be able to find, I think, to, to someone who's going to appreciate it. I, then again, yeah. saying that, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. appreciate the song. It, it is brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. You only need to listen to, like, five seconds of it to get it. Yeah, it's very much a, a, it, it's an earworm. Once it's in I'll, your head, it's stuck I'll go there. as far as to say it's one of the best submissions we've had. You say that every week, Neil. I don't you know. really do. I've done it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> See it last week. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Well, I don't know. In, in relation to what? I don't uh, know. Give me a second. Um, I think it might have been the wild card. It might have been, yeah. yeah it was. Mind you, the wild card was fucking... Actually, I think you said it, Wayne. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've said it for a while. Yeah, you said it, Wayne. You, oh, yeah. said, you said about the... Um, yeah, you said it was the best wild card event because we had that, that Irish guy. So, stick up your ass. Neil, take it away. Right, so that's the head-to-head. Rich is now uh, racing away with nine. Um, is it nine? I might as well just give up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not it's not about the, uh, the scores, is it, Rich? No, it's about introducing uh, new artists to the and, and promoting people. music where it wouldn't normally get promoted, which yeah. uh, which I feel we we've done this evening mm, or whatever time of day you listen to this. It's a podcast. It's not it's not on at a set time. So uh, we move on to round two, which is our wild card round. Ooh, ooh, I've got a thing for that. Have you? Oh, I need to turn it up then. <laughs> Jesus, come on, Rich, do your is, thing. It's a good job this is edited. What's the wild card, Neil? I've no, I've no idea. No, I mean, what is it? What's the section? Oh, what what is it? Well, we we pick a random song and we listen to it and we discuss it. Okay. And we hope it's good. Cool, Barry. I'm going to ask you to say stop in a minute. Okay. I'm going to start flicking through submissions. Okay, when you're ready, just say stop. Stop. Okay, we have Jay Ham and Ooh La La. I'm guessing it's not La La. It's probably an American submission. Most of our submissions are, so it's probably Ooh La La. Jay Ham debuts an unforgettable summer anthem on his new single, Ooh La La, Ooh La La, Ooh La La. Due out on August the 7th, 2020, so it's already out. A native Californian, Jay has been inspired by an incredible mix of musicians and genres from jazz to rap and even country music. He began writing and performing during a stint in Ohio where he met future collaborator and musician Trey Wright. Jay eventually made his way back to the West Coast where he let the endless summer atmosphere infuses music with attention grabbing melodies and fist pumping beats he was nominated for best rap song of the year at the hmma awards in 2018 and has continued to grow a loyal following in the los angeles socal area as a bit more on him we'll leave his links and other stuff in the show notes so if you like him you can go and check him out. But in the meantime, we are going to play for the first time, because we don't know what it sounds like yet. We're going to play Ooh La La. And I'm expecting good things, because, I mean, he is an award-winning artist, after all. So here you go. And we party on the weekend. There's no sleep in the evening. And we smoke that Ooh La La and get faded right. And we party right when that Friday come, riding around in my T-tops, hit the PCH in that summer sun, cruise the cliffs till that light drop, gone 99 on that 405, with a bad chick on my right side, then the Eddie in the backseat, got tree, got plenty, just ask me, shawty with the ass cheeks, bet we don't sleep till the morn, double cupping everything that I'm pouring, smoke that ooh la la, cause I do like that, got a Latina chick cause she foreign. And we party on the weekend, cause no sleep in the evening, and we smoke that ooh la la, Shawty ain't really my type 
it, I'm like, oh, fucking on my head like I'm post. If you don't let me, I'ma ghost you like a go-to, but I really need a go to yeah. We party on the weekend, so no sleep in the evening, and we smoke that ooh la la and get faded, right? And we party on the weekend, so no sleep in the evening, and we smoke that ooh la la and get faded, right? again rich that was ooh la la by jay ham yeah this was very this was i felt this was a bit late 2000s probably 2008 2009 had a bit of an icon feeling to it i I just need to stop you there rich and give a shout out to my wife rachel who has just handed me a bottle of echo falls white wine with uh, rum infusion i had a budweiser that is, that uh, that is, that is awesome. Um, thank you, thank you, Rachel. Get, continue, sorry. Yes. So, I was getting a bit of an icon vibe from it. Uh, that kind of bit of Justin Bieberish. It was a bit. I, I, I was saying like two thousands, but I, I listened to a lot of charts from around the world, and um, this, I think, this kind of music is still big in Mexico. So, it's not out. Um, who else was it reminding me of? I'm Justin Bieber. Just, yeah, that kind of thing. It's very, very well produced. This wasn't cheap to put together, I wouldn't have thought. It's, uh, very, it's got a nice hook. I do like a good hook. The hook's there. Lots and lots of uh, auto-tune going on there. It, a bit black-eyed peas-ish with the uh, auto-tune, I think. Barry, I'm going to start with Barry. Yep, um, I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definite Justin Bieber vibes, I thought. Um, I'm glad that it's got some auto-tune, but just not way too much, like a lot of songs are that were produced in that era. Yeah. Um, I really wanted a middle eight, though, just something a bit different, because I just felt it was a bit too repetitive. Um, but it's good, you know, well, very expensive production, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Wayne O'Neill uh, I'll get next shall I I think um, I was definitely getting Justin Bieber from it that, that was the overriding thing um, incredibly well produced it wasn't unpleasant it's it's not the sort of thing I'd go out my way to listen to but you know that's personal taste I'm not saying it's bad it ain't my kind of music really yeah it's incredibly well produced what I did like is kind of a thing the vocals are doing where like uh, they're, they're sort of very layered and the um, it, it, it's like the chorus kind of starts before the verse stops and it kind of layers over each other. That was a good effect. Yeah, you I did, think, did, I think it the problem, the problem well. we have is, it's like, we we cater for everyone. I mean, the, the most avant-garde music to the most poppy music, but our tastes aren't... Classical to aren't that. Pop. Yeah, our tastes aren't poppy, but we do try to cater for everyone. That's why, like, even if I didn't have this as a wild card, as a random, I might still choose this for a different part of the show because I... I, I you know, I can recognise that this is good music and a lot of people out there that will enjoy it and like it. So we do look past our biases and we do recognise good music, even if it's not our own taste. And this is a good example of that. It's good, it's good. It's been well put together. 
it's been well produced, yeah, and all that Wayne and all that jazz. Um, yeah, what's not to like? He's you know he's brilliantly upbeat. Like you say, it's well produced. It's better than fucking at least eighty or ninety percent of the shit that's out there. Trust me, my new job I have radio fucking one on. It's fucking awful. It makes me want to kill myself. That is not a radio station anymore. I don't know. It's just fucking awful. Anyway, rant over. Nice catchy chorus. You know, it's so summery that you can almost feel the sun on your skin. Oh you know, yeah. And you can picture the video to this just just from the just from the song. You know, you Lots can see of, him just yeah, scantily clad ladies. Lots of, I want, of, ironically, um, he's just started pissing it down with rain here. <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of like camera work from the air on, on people dancing and having a party and this guy singing to the camera. Lots of that sort of stuff, yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Loads, so. of, loads of women twerking in thongs. Fantastic. That type of thing. So, done. yeah, that's our wild card. Are we, that's our wild we, card. We Check him out. That? We'll leave all the links to his music and in the show notes and... Oh, it's thundering. Uh, I've, got, I've got to say, this uh, robin-flavoured white wine is incredible. Brilliant. Yes, that's round two. So we move on to round three, my favourite round that yeah. I'm not allowed to introduce anymore because I got told off for waking the kids up. The intense hardcore genre musical the talent. The intense round. hardcore genre musical talent, Bob! Go! <laughs> And I didn't get caught out by the bit at the end this time. I was, I was very disappointed you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last week, which was challenged with uh, to, to find some music he liked from the genre of Rare Groove. So uh, tell us what you brought, Rich, and tell us all about do it. Do you have information on Rare Groove, Groove, Wayne, or do you want me to find it? I can tell you what it is, that's about it. That'll do, that'll do. Um, I have brought Middle Blue and his song, One Half of One Guitar. So, yeah, this this is that.
that was one half of one guitar by Middle Blue. And at this point, I usually press a button so everyone can listen to it underneath us. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, uh, Middle Blue, like all... Oh, this is, see, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of reading to do here. And everybody, as you know, I read like a year one child. Um, <laughs> like all the best things in life, Middle Blue came together naturally. Guitarist Brad Farberman, who had worked in assemblies led by William Parker and Reese Chapman, was looking to make his next move. Something funky, something with tunes, a tight band, but not necessarily set personal. God, it's proper coming down. Um, not, not necessarily set personal, whatever that means. And so he did the only thing that he really, that really forces a musician to take action. He booked a gig, and on May the twenty seventh, two thousand and fifteen, Middle Blue was born, with two central players: bassist Danny Tamborelli. Of Jounce, and there's lots of stuff here about them. That, that I mean, you know, if you like to read, go to the, the link that we'll leave. Um, this is very avant-garde music. This it's uh, it's the kind of jazz that Neil hates, but I quite like. It feels quite um, what's the word? Not experiment. It feels quite improvised in parts. It's the kind of music that when they play it on stage, I'd imagine they don't play it the same twice every time. Um, but I liked it. It was... I liked the, the way they used el- 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 an electric sound in it, which you don't usually get with jazz so much. This is kind of like a jazz fusion thing. Um, I don't, I just, I, it, was, it was good. It was. It's too clever for me. I can't I can't break this down for you because there's a lot of intricacies going on in this song. But uh, yeah, I did like it though. I did, I did enjoy it, and that's obviously why I chose it. I wish I'd have got to speak to the guy, but never mind. Wayne, you want to go first? I, I will say that the start of this song puts me straight in mind of Ronaldo Moya's song from last week, the the stabs, because it starts exactly the same, just obviously different instruments, but it's it's almost you know identical in in music. Um, methodology. Um, oh, this is completely different to Ronaldo Moya. I'm talking about how it starts. You go back and listen to Ronaldo Moya. It's just a stab on on the violin, and this is just a stab on guitar. You know, ding, ding, ding. That's it. You know, same sort of thing. This didn't leave um, me feeling anxious at the start. <laughs> um, really struggled with this, and you know, rare is the is the correct term for this sort of music. Uh, Rare Groove, uh, this is from Wikipedia. This is the best I could find, really. Uh, Rare Groove is soul or jazz music that is very hard to source or relatively obscure, associated with funk, jazz, and rock, but also uh, connects subgenres including jazz rock, reggae, Latin jazz, soul, R&B, northern soul, and disco. The, the phrase Rare Groove is coined by DJ Norman J uh, on his pirate radio show, which was called Original Rare Groove the original Rare Groove show and then I can just give you some artists who fit into the category people like James Brown Leroy Hudson uh, the, J, uh, the JB's and the Jackson Sisters um, that's pretty much all I could find to be honest it's, it's a, the, the other thing I could find is that like records it's kind of like Northern Soul if you can find a Rare a Rare Groove record they can go for fucking thousands of pounds um, they're really hard to find 
and that's pretty much it. That's all I could find. That's, that, that's this is one of the shortest ones I've done for a while. The... Mm, it is in in the same vein of, as Rinaldo Moya. It is one of those pieces of music that does paint a picture in your head of like a. It's it's it's, it's a soundscape. Is what it is. Um, I don't know as it does it as well as what Ronaldo Moya does in regards to soundscapism, if that's a thing. But um, he, he does do it well, though, I think. Barry. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with this genre. Um, it reminds me, um, in my naivety, of the TV programme Bottom at the beginning. Oh, with yes. Oh, yeah. Brilliant comparison. And I'd love to hear it with female vocals. I just I don't know whether she'd be talking or going w dooby or or actually <laughs> scatting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, let's, that's it. Let, like, let, let's oil. try that. Let's try that back. Hold on. Yeah. Let's turn this off. <laughs> 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 Imagine having a next door neighbour with that on constantly. It would drive you insane. Look Can I turn it off? He's dead, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good yeah, good good shout. And <laughs> so if you're listening, and he probably is listening, because I was meant to speak to him, which he's probably pissed off about. Because yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, get some scat on that. That rhymed. Neil! Yeah, um, I'll just. I, I, I'm gonna have to. All I got now is a mental mental image of um, Adrian Edmondson punching the late great Rick Mail in the bollocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I still love that program. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he does sound like that. Um, yeah, which well. Which kind of thinks he knows what I'm going to say. I actually really enjoyed this. Really? Which which completely see, surprised this, this me. Me and you were changing. You see, what I when I came into this podcast with a distinct uh, disdain for 80 synth, and I'm coming round, and you were coming round to jazz. Well, it's not that so much. I think, uh, you know, anybody who's listened to the show um, regularly will know that one of my catchphrases is, I fucking hate jazz. Uh, and I, I stuck this on and I went, oh, it's jazz. Um, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, try and detach myself from the fact that it's jazz and listen to it as a, a piece of music and a genre challenge. And I found myself quite enjoying it. And um, the conclusion I've come to, you know, isn't... I don't actually think I hate jazz. I think I've just been listening to bad jazz. <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't, but I, I just, you know, like the. I mean, jazz is all about improvisation and randomness and avant-gardeness, isn't it? And, you know, that's what this, this song sort of encapsulates, and I, I like that. So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe I've been listening to sort of generic, sort of formulaic rubbish jazz. Maybe. So maybe, maybe I need to check out some real there's a sort lot of avant-garde jazz. There's a lot jazz. of good jazz out there. I love jazz. It's my favourite. One of my favourite genres. I won't say it's my favourite. It's one of my favourite genres. Uh, I did cut you off early, Barry. Did you uh, have anything else, anything else you wanted to say? What about this track? Yeah. No, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, definitely mm. Rick Mayo there. Yeah, that, <laughs> so it's not something you'd stick on your playlist. No, I'll be honest. It's good though. Do you know what? I, you know, a couple of the drinks maybe. 
Yeah. It goes very well with the rum wine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's, let, let's call it... Yeah, that's, that's me done. We need to choose another genre for We do, yes. A uh, genre for next week. Have you got the YHHTMPC genre Bible wine? It's right in my hand. Yeah. Uh, okay, can, can you pick a letter for us, Barry? Any any letter of the alphabet? J. J, okay. I hope it's um, jazz. <laughs> And how many J's are we looking at, Wayne, roughly? All um, of them. <laughs> all the J's. Do, do we need a second letter? Do we need a, 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 a secondary? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, It's all right. It's all right. Well, the sun does go on for a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's another one. I think, I think between Neil's song and your song this week, Rich, I think you'd account for about 20 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> uh, we are talking... Ooh, uh, probably about 35, I reckon. How many? About 35. About 35. Pick a number mm. between 1 and 35, Barry. Uh, 22. 22, OK. Um, what's J22 then, Wayne? It's a good job this is edited. Wow, that rain is really coming down there. This is some good listening right here. You should leave this in, Wayne. <laughs> um, who's, who's, who's the next? It's going to be me, isn't it? It'll yes, be you, it huh? is going to be yes. Yeah, so I've got to go and find the music of Jingle. Jingle? That's which just going to be TV is, commercial music. That's exactly it. Short, catchy <laughs> song used in advertising. <laughs> Brilliant. It's going to be a really shit genre section. It's going to be like 10 seconds. Uh, it's not. There's, there's, ten there's some amazing song. jingles out there. Well, it's the exact opposite of this week, isn't it? Where we, you know, we've had like eight minute epics. Well, if you don't bring the, the, the theme tune to Toys R Us, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Love that. The, the one that comes into my head, uh, I can't remember what, what, what it's from. That might be Ren and Stimpy. Don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> okay. Remember that one? No. <laughs> I, I do not. <laughs> uh, be I want to be the on, king and queen of cheese. We usually put it out on Twitter for artists to, uh, to, to send in their music from that genre. And um, it'd be interesting to see if there are any jingle artists out there, which there will be, but also Fantastic. to put it out there to see what people... What, what people's favourite jingles from the past is. Oh, so that is our uh, intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go. Okay, let's move on to our final section then. Take it away, Neil. So we move on to the final part of our show now, which is our artist spotlight. Welcome again to the show, Barry. Thank you for, for taking the time to, to speak to us. I know worries. It's great to be on. Cool. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your, your time <laughs> with us. Your sort of musical project is, 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 is Cyber Monday. Tell me a bit about it. How, how, how long have you been, uh, uh, have you been uh, sort of recording and performing? Yeah, so, gosh, I composed music from the age of, I think I was five. I've still got the old cassettes of, of me uh, doing demos and stuff and recording them on, uh, which I'm glad I've kept, to be honest. And, and then, kind of teenage years, I, I really got into um, producing on the Amiga, and then that developed onto the PC. Oh, whereas good now, old Commodore Amiga. Yeah, yeah, the good old Commodore Amiga. Yeah, because they had trackers then, and uh, so you could produce a lot better sound quality stuff. And it was a lot more interesting for me. So yeah, I've been doing it a long time, and it really got to the stage where I was... I really wanted to get signed. Uh, that was like my, my aim for many years. 
Because mm. I think you might remember mp3.com, the old internet, and you put a couple of songs on there, and, and you might get a couple of comments, but that was it. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, Spotify's released after Napster or whatever, and, and it's like, wow, I need to get on there. So, so yeah, I've been battling trying to get signed for some time, um, and it finally happened uh, four years ago. Um, Pink Dolphin Music I work with now, and they're really good. They just get me, you know, and, and I've released seven albums in four years with them, which is a lot of work, obviously. I mean, some of it yeah. I managed to recondition, some of my old music, but a lot of it's new, and, and particularly the synthwave stuff is, is fairly new, really, in terms of an age. So, yeah, you could say I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite incredible, really, so seven, seven albums in four years. Yeah, I did. Um, I started off with, with the name Cyber Monday because I, I, I wanted to kind of start fresh with a new name. And because I work in technology and I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with, with kind of music technology and, and the industry on, on where it was going. Um, Cyber Monday as an, as an event came from America um, as, as a sale day for only like online sales um, like Amazon and stuff. And so I decided to kind of put music and technology together, which is why I came up with the name Cyber Monday. And originally, it was just me doing vocals and my own music. Um, and I did Store Credit album in 2018, followed by a remix album called Store Debit. Um, and then I thought, no, I'm not getting that much attention, so I need to do some covers. So I did an album worth of covers for that. So kind of get more exposure, so I did things like Cars, Gary Newman, um, I did Big Sleep by Simple Minds, Together in Electric Dreams, the obvious kind of synthwave stuff as well, and synthpop stuff. And then, in two, well, last year, um, I branched into synthwave because I became obsessed with it. I, I, I felt that synthwave was kind of a really powerful underground genre where there are no rules, but there are rules because of the sounds that you, that you synonymously use. So, yeah, so I branched out and, and created... Um, Daywave, which was my first synthwave album last year, followed by Nightwave. So I did a load of different tracks. Uh, I did about 20 tracks and then kind of said, okay, which one applies to the daytime and which one applies to the nighttime evening kind of music? And that's how I split the music into the relevant albums. And then I've been doing covers this year. So I've done two albums worth of covers. I've done Lady Gaga covers, uh, Visage, uh, Depeche Mode. So yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm still making loads of music as well for, for the future. So is, is Cyber Monday completely a solo project, or do you collaborate with, with other musicians? It started off as solo, and then with the synthwave, um, I noticed that in, instrumental synthwave, I wasn't as much of a fan. So I thought I really need to join up with people and, and collaborate. Some songs are literally just samples and others I've, I've worked with kind of remotely um, to produce. And they'd, they'd literally just send over the vocals with no song, no kind of idea of what the song should be like. And from that, I'd, I'd create the music in the background. And that seemed to work the best for me. And that's how I've kind of worked in the future as well with other artists. Yeah, so so is, is it all kind of, um, is it all recorded music? Do you... Um... Do you have any chance to, to sort of play this live or, or, or does any of it get used in any, any sort of live performance? Yeah, various kind of in, in, in the past, like particularly in my 20s, I'd, I'd do quite a few gigs in London. Oh, but yeah. then a Cyber Monday, I, I did a couple in Birmingham. One was in Digbeth. I can't remember where the other one was. But, but I'll be honest, it, it, I'm more of a producer rather than the performer. Yeah. So live stuff is, isn't my forte. I do struggle with live stuff. I mean, I was doing a remix today for another artist as part of a competition. 
and uh, I got my old Porter Sound Yamaha keyboard out because the sound's really suited for the remix. But obviously, you've got no MIDI on there, so you have to do everything live. And the amount of notes that I had to correct on so many takes, you know, you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, I like to produce music recorded. It's been like us with the podcast. It's uh, as I mentioned before in the show, we could never do uh, live radio because there's just so much editing that we need to do later. <laughs> yeah, it, do, it does take the pressure off a lot. Um, so, I mean, with, with what you've done, um, how have you found the uh, the pandemic and lockdowns affected you? Uh, has it affected you, or have you still been able to to sort of carry on sort of producing as, as you have been? Yeah, it's it's given me more chance to produce. I mean, my latest album, which is called Under the Covers Two Side B which wasn't originally in the plan, was just a load of covers that I managed to do during lockdown that I wouldn't normally have had the time to do. And, and some of those, you know, I am kind of getting those professionally uh, mixed and, and mastered because it was a bit of a rush to get the album out. Not that they sound particularly bad, but it's made me kind of not rush things going forward. It's made me realise that it's, it's sometimes better to wait. And, and you, you, you just know. know there's a bit more polishing that can be done and... Yeah, exactly. So there's enhancements uh, to be made. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, I, I did an old demo version of, of Small Town Boy a, a long time ago via Bronski B, and it went viral on YouTube, and I think there was 12,000 plays or something. And the comments were horrendous, you know, because people were saying, this is awful. And I had to respond and say, look, this was a demo. I forgot yeah. about it. I'm sorry it's gone viral, you know. Um, I didn't mean it to. <laughs> exactly, you know, and there, were, there was nearly as, as many bad bad dislikes as there were likes on YouTube, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, are they going to take it down? But then I saw the money that was coming in, I was thinking, oh, this isn't actually that bad, so I might just put up with it. <laughs> I can take some negative criticism as long as I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I have redone that on my last album, because it was an awful demo, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm still learning as I'm going on, but I'm enjoying it. I always say it's a hobby of mine, because I don't like to take it too seriously, yeah, um, but I become a bit of an obsessive with things like I do check Spotify stats every day, and oh, I've got a new follower, or oh, I've lost one, and and I've got to kind of stop that because I am getting addicted to statistics on my music. Oh, you've you've no idea. As soon as, as soon as we started doing this podcast, I didn't even know what Twitter was. Now, I I, I could smash smash anybody's Twitter account for them if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm the Twitter master. And I, keep looking, I can't, I can't, can't get off it, and not so much Instagram, and Facebook now, but Twitter. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I enjoy it. I, I found that um, marketing was something I completely ignored until maybe six months ago, and it does make a big difference. And I just think it's unfortunate that, um, like, like the Circle of Reason band that we played today on the podcast, it. It's unfortunate that they've just got no following on Spotify or anything. You know, they might get like 60 monthly listeners or something. And I just think it's, we're just flooded with with so much music now. I mean, I I love to, when I've got a moment, to actually go on Bandcamp and and look at my genre and and find new stuff. Um, But it's, it's rare that I do that. And I always check out Discover Weekly on Spotify. I always go, if I like a song, I will go through, um, the back catalogue of that particular artist and go through everything. So for me, it is very time-consuming and highly addictive, but it's the nature of the game now, I think. It's just how it, the industry is. I mean, that's really what we're all about as a podcast, just, just promoting lesser-known music. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, It's brilliant. That's, that's, yeah, it's really great. good what you're doing because, we, you know, these, these artists, signed or unsigned, they need a channel, you know. It, it's, it's, uh, 
as you say, a flood. There, there's artists on YouTube spending thousands upon thousands of Facebook ads every single month, you know, and they're not going to, they're going to make a return, but they may not make as much return. And it costs a fortune to make music in the first place. I mean, I'm really, one, I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't have a recording studio. I mean, people are really shocked about that, but I do everything via my iPad Pro now, um, which is great for me because... I used to have to go into a particular room, sit down at the desktop PC, boot it up, wait for it ages for it to load, and then you get all of these pop-ups. I can turn my iPad on, and my music suite's there straight away. You know, and that for me is is, is technology. Mm. Yeah. So um, we're, we're going to play uh, play one of your uh, your, your, your tracks now, um, Barry. What, um, uh, what 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 song of yours are we playing? Yeah, I've, I've chosen the most successful one on Spotify. It's had about 7,000 um, listens, streams. Uh, it's Japanese Soul by Day, on the Daywave album. Okay. Um, tell us a bit about it. What's, um, what, what, what's the story behind it? Yeah, so Japanese Soul, it wasn't like I had a, a massive idea to do like a Japanese song or anything like that. I just wanted to do a catchy tune. Um, and I wanted the synth to sound, almost sound like a vocal um, so that it kept interesting throughout the, the, the track. Um, it was one of my first synthwave tracks, so I didn't go overboard with it. So it is fairly simplistic, but um, I spent—I remember spending ages to get the right drum sample for this track. Um, it took me ages more than the song itself, but when, I, when it came together, I was really pleased with it. Uh, so we'll check that out and have a listen to it. Um, Rich, Wayne, have you got? Anything to add? Anything to ask? Um, you can go first, Wayne, if you want. I was just wondering um, what gear you use, what, what's, what's your hardware? I was wondering that. Yeah, um, it's interesting because now, um, I used to use uh, Cubase on the PC since 2005, actually. So it's, gosh, yeah, 15 years. And it's one of those things that I do try and use different doors um, to, to kind of experiment with, but I always end up going back to Cubase. So on the iPad, you've got Cubases which is a simplified version of it. And then instead of having like uh, all of your different software instruments that you'd have on your PC, on the iPad it's all apps now. Um, so literally, you know, one app per synth. Um, and then you can have apps which are effects and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I've got a ton of apps, as you can imagine, in the background running on it. Um, so yeah, so I mainly use Cubasis, which is great for me. I was really hoping you were going to say, oh, I've got a profit. Or oh, I'd <laughs> use a, you know, a Yamaha... PSS 280 or something, you know. Yeah, no, this is a mad thing. Um, I, I, <laughs> I would love to have the money to have, have spent, you know, maybe 30 grand on since. <laughs> I remember taking my granddad into one of the keyboard shops in, in, when I was about 12 years old in Birmingham. And uh, I said, Granddad, I said, can I have this keyboard? It was three grand. <laughs> and he honestly considered it, and he said, "I'm sorry, Barry, I can't, I can't do that." <laughs> uh, but, but you know, I was, I was so desperate for it, and I, and I, I do kind of dabble with with cheaper kind of hardware synths, and Blocks is one of them, and uh, Teenage Engineering. I bought one of the OP ones, but I just couldn't get get. It just wasn't. It just didn't did it do it for me, to be honest. The thing um, is, you don't you don't actually need them anymore, especially oh, if you've got a Cubase. I mean, oh, no, I've, I was nothing on the level that you do, obviously, but I, I was messing for a while with a, an M Audio keyboard with um, Reason and just mm -hmm. dabbling with the oh, stuff great. on there and just doing like stuff for myself, not nothing I would publish. Just stick on my own personal SoundCloud. I think mm -hmm. you guys have listened to some of it, but 
Yeah, the the stuff that uh, so I was Cynthia as well. But the stuff I was, I noticed that the stuff that you got on Reason, and I'm, I'd imagine Cubase and everything else is better. That means that actually you don't need those expensive key. You don't need to spend thousands and thousands of pounds on a Roland anymore because you can you can just download it and then add it to a cheaper M Audio keyboard or something. Yeah, and these things are quite reasonable, you know. Um, I think Cubasis was 50 quid or something. But you look at the main suite on a PC, you know, you're talking hundreds and hundreds. Because you've got to get the full package, otherwise it's limited. Yeah. Um, whereas this on the iPad is just amazing, you know. Um, couldn't dream of it in the past when I was using the Amiga uh, with floppy disks. <laughs> you know, you had four <laughs> channels. You, you had to really... 144 megabytes. <laughs> Yeah, you had to be really selective about what you could do with it. But but you know what? There was there was something about um, trackers yeah, in one, those 1. days 4, being limited. Yeah, one point four four megabytes. Even. It forced yeah, you yeah. to be creative in a sense. It did, yeah. And and that's that's what I found. If I'm limited in some way, I I produce better music, and that's why I think Cubasis works for me. Is because it is fairly limited. It's not the full shebang product suite that you'd expect on a PC. And and as I say, I literally you know, finish, you know, work. I, c- I can produce music from my sofa or wherever, you know, and it's great for that. Mm. You're on about Spotify and uh, getting your music out there and everything earlier. Uh, and we all know that Spotify, it's it's pretty much all artists have now, and it, it, which is bad because they need something more. I've found something recently, because, I, like I mentioned, that I'm very much into blockchain technology at the moment, and uh, mm-hmm. there's this company called Audius, A-U-D-I-U-S, says that they're basically Spotify, but they're they're not out for themselves. They're out for the the artists. It says here that Audius connects listeners directly with creators in a familiar music player interface. Using Audius, creators can generate immutable and timestamp records for their creative works because the network is decentralised and secured by the blockchain. The attribution metadata reta- remains safe, verifiable and immutable and you can get paid but you'll get paid better on it and people also get like uh, some sort of cryptocurrency for listening I think as well so that people are encouraged to listen to art it, it, it's, well, it's well worth checking out, Audius Yeah I'll check that out definitely so There's a lot good. of people out there trying to help artists where you've got like Spotify and others that aren't. I think you mentioned Bandcamp. I'm not really that familiar with Bandcamp, but I think they do a good job as well. Yeah, I think Bandcamp are great. It's it's just a platform where you know you you are basically the Spotify, and you can put high quality audio files on there. And I mean, my label sell vinyl off their CD. I've I've, I've even sold floppy disks of, of some of my obviously lo-fi tracks uh, <laughs> back in you know when I started. Um, it's, it's a good platform, Bandcamp is, but I feel it needs to be a step above to compete with Spotify because it's just not well-known enough from my point of view, hmm. not for the public, you know. Yeah. So what's the... F- oh, Neil Spouser asked these questions. What's the, what's, the, what's the future hold? What's the, what, obviously, this year's a dead year. Uh, do you have any more plans, any more recordings? Well, I don't else? know, Rich. Say it's a dead year. It sounds to me this is the first time we've had somebody on who's, who's actually kind of... Uh, uh, kind of um, you know, lo- lo- lockdown sounds like it's it's actually treated you all right. Musically. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I had a I had a bit of a scare with with um, isolating for two weeks 
and I kind of moved away from the from the family and made sure I was okay. And and until we get tested, we're not going to know if I had it or not, which is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it, it's been positive and ne- negative. I've, I've, you know, in terms of quality time with, with the family and kids, it's been fantastic for that. Um, just just to kind of reflect has, has been a big positive for me. But you well, know, it's got- still scary. Just, just kind of put into context. I mean, normally we, um, uh, the kind of, sort of, con- kind of conversation we have with people, with, with guests at this point is, oh yeah, this year's been a washout. I've had to cancel so many gigs, and I've had to, you know, uh, I've got all these plans that I haven't been able to do. Where you know, it, it sounds to me like you've just been able to concentrate on your music. Your music. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. And because I'm not on the live scene, and, and I mean, one of the the hardest things for me was was. If I did do a live set in the future, because I've got a lot of guest vocalists, if I was doing a set, how I'd bring them in, you know, I'd, whether yeah. I'd have to be one of those um, artists like Calvin Harris, that you just hear the vocal in the background or something, you know, and you're just making the music or DJing to it. I'd, you know, I hadn't worked that bit out. And that's been since I've started Synthwave. Um, so, yeah, it's still food for thought. So if anybody's got any ideas, please let me know. Your synthwave stuff is uh, some of my favourite stuff that you, you've done. I mean, I've been following you since John Baz. Yeah, so, gosh. Yeah, but there's still there's like, uh, the song Electric that we played yeah. on the show some time ago. I love it. Oh, like, yeah, I it stri- it straight out of my playlist. And every, these guys know I'm not a fan of synthwave and the, the synth pop. But I, I, and I think the reason is I think it was done first generation in the 80s and it didn't improve in and I think people like yourself and other people like uh, we had Leopold they were brilliant mm-hmm. and I think you know you've you've refined it now and you've worked it out and you're producing some good music I'm not saying the music yeah. then was bad I'm just saying it was first generation and it needed work and yeah. I think that's what you Neil has gone away so we, we, we haven't gotten it but yeah you know what I'm saying yeah uh, definitely I, I enjoy it you know I'm, not having a nightmare with hardware synths is a godsend for me because I I'm, I mean I'm, I'm a big fan of Eurasia and they've got a new album coming out this month and uh, for me I don't know how Vince Clark does it because you've got so many synthesizers you know when I was a kid and I went with my parents to the gig he'd, he'd arrive in like this kind of portable buggy full of synthesizers on stage and he was just covered in, in tech you know and I was so impressed, but I thought, I'd hate to put that together. <laughs> you know, so for me, it's, it's, I'm glad we are where we are now, rather than the 80s. I mean, I would have loved to have thought that I'd be famous if I were grown up in the 80s, because I was obsessed with Human League and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, we're in a different era now, but it's easier to make music, which is why I think we've got so much stuff of it now. Yeah, uh, I'm taking over here for the moment, because Neil's... Neil's computers died or something trying to get back on your phone and um yeah yeah and the thing is as well i think what what he does erasure i I do like erasure and for all intents and purposes i shouldn't and believe it or not and this is a god's honest truth one of the only reasons i do like erasure is actually because of you uh (laughs) you kind of forced me to listen to it growing up and yeah uh i there's a lot of their music I do like. Yeah, I think what he does now, I mean, if he's still doing that, you know, carrying all that mm-hmm. techno, I think it's part of his show because you yeah. can probably do exactly the same as he does but without all that mumbo. Yeah, with my little iPad on the stage, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but he needs that for part of his show, I think. Yeah. Mm. No, it makes sense, absolutely. Yeah, it does. But you've got to respect him for it as well because obviously when he started, he did need it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think we're at the end. I think we've. Oh, Neil's actually joined in. I was just about to close, Neil. I've just come back. Okay. Do you want to close, Neil? <laughs> uh, yeah. Where, where, where? No, you, you you can close. You're probably more with the flow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we just want to say thank you to Cyber Monday for taking time out and being patient with us. Yes. Thank you, Cyber Monday. No cheers. Anytime. As always, you listeners won't realise that the 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 mess that goes on behind the edits but uh, yeah thank you for your patience thank you for joining us and uh, we look forward to hearing your future works where can people find you Cyber Monday or uh, have nice you already one. done that no, I didn't yeah I'm pretty that. much on everything to be fair so I've done a landing page which is uh, biglink.to forward slash Cyber Monday and every single link is pretty much on there now so Facebook and Spotify Bandcamp okay cool. where there's, can there's... people find us Rich where can people can find us at? You can find us on... You can find the Artist of the Week on YouTube if you are keeping up with that. It's fairly new, the way that we're doing it now. So that's on YouTube now. It's a fairly new YouTube channel. You can go and check out the new Artist of the Week on there. Please go and subscribe and like. Also, you can find the podcast, this main podcast, on everything from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. You can find us on Podcast Addict. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Podchaser, anything with a pod in it. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. Or www.yhhtm.com pc.com yeah and if you like what you're listening to leave us a positive review on itunes uh because that, that really helps get us out there and promote the uh, less known artists doesn't it yes um if you don't like what you're listening to and you're going to leave a crap review don't bother <laughs> so yeah if you can get if you can give us a review it helps the, with the algorithms and shit so a, a good you, review yeah if you if we can, if we can get out there, it means we can get the artists out there, and that's what this is all and about. And that's what it's all about. Yes, indeed. So all that remains to, uh, to 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 be said, really, I think, is is I've been Neil. I've been Richie. I've been Wayne. And our guest has been Cyber Monday. Thank you for listening. If indeed you still are. Goodbye. <laughs>
though I'm recording. If you could do that trail, please, Mario, that'd be much appreciated. Okay. Thanks. Hi, this is Cyber Monday, and you're listening to You Haven't Heard This Podcast. Ooh, so, so close. close. So close. You're oh, what was it? Music podcast. Ah, uh, see. Okay, I'll try it again, yeah?
Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.